Welcome to the May's edition of Zara, Sowing to Life and Eternity. The Bible contains many references to sowing and reaping, and here are some of the principles we learn. Sowing and reaping are laws of the natural world. On the third day of creation, God commanded the earth to bring forth living plants, bearing seeds and fruit with seed in them. Genesis 1.12, the NLT translation says, the land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, and trees with seed-bearing fruits. Their seed produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. God then gave these plants as food in Genesis 1.29, the NLT translation again. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth, and all the fruit trees for your food. From the beginning of the ages, we've understood the process of sowing and reaping and have applied it to our lives or daily lives. We sow materially, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, and for some people, agriculturally. We sow our time. That's when we use our time for something else that does not necessarily all the time benefit us. It's okay to see your time instead of money when that's the most essential thing you have. I equate my time to my life because every single second I sow into something is a second of my life that was not beneficial to me but to someone else. So your time is a precious seed. Sow it when and when necessary. As Ephesians 5.16 says, encourages us to make most of our time. That's sow it for yourselves into seasonable time wherever the opportunity is afforded or the work of God calls for your time. We can sow our money. The measure of money we sow will eventually return to us according to Luke 6, 38, which says, Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Not necessarily the person you gave to, but somewhere along the line, life will make it and align so that when you need something or the same amount you've been given, it will come back to you. It's happened to me several times. You can sow words. Yes, words. Those things that come out of our mouth daily. Our words are seeds that will encourage and build up others, lifting, motivating, and inspiring them, as 1 Thessalonians 5.11 instructs. Sometimes our words can kill. Yes, we can demoralize, destabilize, destroy, and just shut off really killing someone physically with our words. But the words out of our mouth, they are powerful and they are seeds. The people all over the world who were still living on yesterday's words, what mom or dad spoke into their life, what some teachers said to them when they were in primary school, in whatever level, what someone said is still ringing in some people's ears. Those, those seeds were sown at some times years ago, but they're still working in that field. They're still reaping the seeds of that, the harvest of that seed because they never bothered to change it. You can change your seed. You can make your seed useless. You can make your seed redundant. How? By not watering it by not cultivating it, by not keeping it alive. So your words really are seeds. So we must be sure that when we sow seeds into the life of people around us, we sow godly seeds of love, godly seeds of counsel, of wisdom, of, of understanding, encouragement. Just let people know that you're compassionate about them. Yes, a word 
that will lift someone up out of weariness, a word that will encourage someone. Even the Bible tells us in Isaiah 50 that God will wake us morning by morning and put the words in our mouth that will minister to the weary. Some people just need a word from our mouth and that's the seed because you never know when you need a word to be spoken into you to encourage you, to lift you up, to move you forward, to motivate you and to inspire you. So use your seeds as words or your words as seed. We can sow our skills. So many talented people around, so many skillful people around, but they're not using it for any good except if they're going to be paid for it. Yeah, we can sow our expertise to a cause. We can use our, our skills for a project that will help people, especially those in need. Because some of us right now, we think, what's the need for me? What am I getting out of it? If it's done for God's purpose, there's always something out for the, of it for you. It may not be when you want it. You may not understand when it comes back, but it certainly will come back to you. But your skills are given to you for the glory of God and the edification of people around you. So if someone is in dire need of a skill and you have it, you don't start thinking of how much you're going to get physically, financially, but you think of how beneficial that skill will be to whoever is in need of it and whoever else will have to use it eventually. Our talents, yes, we see a lot of talents today all over the world, the musicians and the drummers and all sorts of uh, talents. But hey, a lot of them are going for pittance. Because why? They would rather sell the talent to the highest bidder than sow it as a seed to God. God gave us a talent in the first place. So your talent really is for God's glory and for God's purpose. So yes, you can sow your, your talent as a seed into something and hope that one day God will turn it around and you begin to harvest from that field, wherever the field is. Our emotions. Yes, you might look, my emotions are not seed. Yes, they are. Your tears, the Bible says, are bottled and God turns them into blessings. Some people just want to see how emotional we are when they're going through something, when you show someone that you empathize and you sympathize with them. The Bible says we should rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. But we sometimes the world we live in now, someone's going through hard times, I go, oh, that's good for them. Oh, I wish them luck. But really, we should let them know, I feel for you. I understand where you're coming from. Even if I don't understand, I still feel for you. I sympathize with you. I'm compassionate about what you're going through. I will help wherever I can help. That's your emotion. Sowing is more of a spiritual law than a physical or agricultural law or principle. It is a principle in life that we reap what we sow, as Galatians 6-7 says. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Yes, you don't put a mango seed in the ground and expect an orange tree. You don't sow wickedness and expect goodness. You don't sow malice and expect love. It's impossible because that's a principle of the kingdom. You sow and you reap exactly what you sow. So if you don't sow, you don't reap. That's as it is. It's a farmer who knows he has to put the seed in the ground during the, the planting season, decides, you know what, I'm too tired to plant any seed. I'll wait for the harvest. He's going to wait a long time. Why? Because there are no seeds in the ground that will grow to give him a harvest. He needs to first put the seed in the ground to harvest whatever needs to be harvested when the harvest time comes. There are natural consequences to all actions. The world operates under the law of cause and effect. Same way in the spirit. There is no way around it. Every time we choose an action, we also choose the consequence of that action. 
We may not reap instantly, but whatever seed we sow will eventually be harvested. The world say, oh, it's karma. Well, I don't know what karma is. Well, some people say what goes around comes around. Yes, something like that. Because you see, God uses the law of sowing and reaping to bestow his blessings. Some of God's blessings are generally for the whole world, like the sun and the rain. It's a blessing. Yeah, it just does not shine. God puts it there. The sun and the rain on everybody, both the wicked and the and the just. Everybody reaps it as Matthew 5, 46 puts it, saying, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Hey, everybody enjoys the sun and the rain. And then there are specific blessings that, would, that God bestows especially on those of his choosing, his children, his special people, such as Isaac, whom in Genesis 26, 12 says, God, he sold a crop and received a hundredfold in one season because the Lord targeted him for a blessing. Now, the funny thing about Isaac's story is he actually sold in a time of farming when there was drought. Everywhere was dry and crusty. There was no rain. There was nothing. That's when he sowed and the Bible says he got a hundredfold harvest for his sowing because it was a season that God ordained. You see, some seeds we get in God's attention faster or bring an instant or quick harvest more than others, but there will always be a harvest. Some seed become residual harvest for our children and our lineage and our bloodline, but we never know what harvest a seed will yield. So we must obey or behave as Ecclesiastes 11, 6, um, the, the TLB translation says, to keep on sowing our seed. For you never know which will grow. Perhaps it all will. Yep. Sometimes you just say, oh, just put all my eggs in one basket. In the world, you can't do that. But with God, you certainly can put all your eggs in one basket. Why? Because God's the only one who can keep your eggs in one basket without cracking. Spiritually, our seed must be planted in Christ to reap any sort of harvest. Galatians 6 8, the NLT says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Yes. So when you sow a seed, you harvest that seed. You don't put the seed in a, in a dry place, forget about it, and then come back and expect a harvest. Not going to happen. The flesh is devoted to corruption, selfishness, and decay. So if our seed is always carnal, then we would have no harvest or godly lasting harvest to look forward to. Carnal seeds, carnal character, carnal attitude, selfishness, corruption brings no earthly reward, neither an eternal reward. We are sowing to, to life and eternity. What seed are you sowing? So we reap what we sow. Those who plant apple seeds should expect apple Apple trees, yes, those who sow anger should expect to receive what anger naturally produces. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Living a life of carnality and sin and expecting to inherit heaven is like planting thorns and waiting expectantly for sunflower or roses. Not going to happen. Sowing and reaping involves waiting. Nothing good grows overnight. The farmer must wait patiently to see the harvest of his labors. The laws of sowing and reaping works both positively and negatively. 
Because according to Proverbs eleven eighteen, the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Yes, but whoever sows injustice reaps calamity, says Proverbs 22, verse 8a. Seeds are very important to the circle of life. If their seeds are not sown continually in every area of life, there will be no posterity in all sections. Yes, because what you do affects the next circle. And the next circle, it's a circle of life. So those seeds are important and they must be sown. Wherever your sphere of influence, whatever your talent, whatever your skill, whatever God has put in your hand to sow as a seed. He says he gives seed to the sower. So we must sow the seed. And as Jacob recognized in Genesis 42, 1 to 2, it says, when he heard that there was grain available in Egypt, he said to his sons, why are you standing around looking at one another? I have heard that there is grain available in Egypt. Go down and buy us some before we all starve to death. Hmm. There's grain somewhere, yet they are starving. Why? Because there's drought, there's famine in the land. So if they're going to go down to Egypt to buy food, it means they're going to make a journey and take money with them. See, the seeds in Egypt, but the money is in their pocket. Not good to them. The seeds not good where it is. The money is not good in their pocket. So seed must be sown for a harvest to happen. Life is a seed. Our words are seeds. Whatever we do daily are seeds. I have a habit of saying to the Lord, Lord, I've sown the seed. I've done this. I've done that. I said this. I said that. I went here. I went there. Can I ask for my harvest now? Can I ask for my payment? I need a payment. Whatever kind of payment the Lord deems fit for that seed, I always ask for it. Because you see, God does not change his rules, his principles, or his word. He says, whatever you sow is what you reap. So if I've sown into someone's life, my time, say I've given someone 20 minutes of my time, and I need 20 minutes to do something else, and everything else is clamoring for me to do something without me doing that thing, then I can go to the Lord and say, can you buy back my time for me and extend my time somehow? And the Lord does, because we sow seeds to life and eternity. Not only here, the seeds we sow, whatever seeds we put in the ground, whatever ground that is, it will bring a harvest if it's put in a fertile ground because the God we serve is a God that rewards diligence. So, whatever seed you're sowing, make sure is a seed that will bring you a harvest in this life and eternity. So make sure your seeds are not lost. Water them, keep them safe, nurture them, lovingly wait on the Lord and trust him to give you a bountiful harvest. Thank you so much for listening. Until we come your way next month, enjoy yourself, enjoy your life, and keep sowing seeds to life and eternity. Shalom.